You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. The Naked Scientist. It's time for The Naked Scientist. Let's take your calls on 011-883-0702 in the WhatsApp line 072-702-1702. I'm going to jump straight into it. Dr. Chris, what does science say about forgiveness? Well, we actually made programs about that as well. But again, I think it's in our human nature. We often answer questions on this program where we say, as humans, we are very social creatures and that's the key to our success. Well, the cohesion that comes in a society, people working together, being together, there will be people who wrong each other. Humans make mistakes all the time. We upset and rub each other up the wrong way day in, day out. We have to have wired into us an ability to forget and forgive as well, because otherwise society just wouldn't happen. So I think it's innate to our, our psyche. So when when do you measure, you know, or do you only know when you've reached the point of being triggered that actually I haven't forgiven? Because some people speak about letting go, forgiving or just saying, OK, I accept well, the best grudge, uh, the best quote I ever heard on <laughs> this was someone grudge. saying... The best grudge, what a brilliant choice of word. <laughs> the, the best quote I ever heard on this was someone saying, look, having a grudge is like swallowing poison and waiting for the other person to die. Yes. They are in no way suffering through you having disquiet about what they've done to you. So the best thing to do is actually to move on. Now, it's very hard to do that, having very easily said that, but it is absolutely true. If you sit there waiting for them to have something bad happen to them to for you to get your own back, you're going to be waiting a lifetime. And to be honest with you, your time is more valuably spent elsewhere, and it's more valuable to you than it is to them. So why waste your time on someone who's already a waste of space? Move on and make the most of what time you have left with the people who you do cherish and you do enjoy doing things with who haven't upset you. Mm. Well said, well said indeed. All right, let's go to uh, the WhatsApp line 0727021702. Also, you can give us a call 011-883-0702. Let's go to Yvonne in Comptonville. Hi, Yvonne. Uh, good afternoon. Please forgive me if I've asked uh, this question before, but I didn't hear the answer. Yes. Uh, good afternoon, um, uh, uh, Professor um, Naked Scientist. Toxoplasmosis. I've just read about it, and it fits to what's happened to my son. My question is, you get this parasite from a cat, and the cat affects your mind, and you change your political views or your religious views. Is this treatable and reversible? You're quite right. Toxoplasma is a parasite, and it is carried by cats but in fact also lots of other animals but cats are what we call the definitive host it's where the parasites have sex in the gut of a cat and the cat then poos out loads of potential parasites that go into the environment and other animals can then pick them up and those other animals for the toxoplasmosis parasite those are things like rodents mice for example who will ferret around in the dirt pick up the uh, larvae or the eggs of the toxoplasma parasite they become infected and it changes their behavior so that they become easier for the cat to catch and this is absolutely true the reason this parasite has these mind-altering functions is probably to make mice more likely to fall victim to a cat so the cat then catches them eats them picks up the parasites that are in the cats uh, in the mice and this then returns the parasite to the gut of the cat where it can have sex with other parasites and produce another 
generation of uh, genetically diverse toxoplasma parasites. The way it does what it does is that when you ingest the eggs of the parasite, they burrow through the lining of the intestine, they go right around the body and they settle in almost every tissue in the body. And the better the blood supply to that tissue, the more likely you are to get these insisted bits of toxoplasma in you. And they basically lodge in all your tissues. So you can find them in muscles, you can find them in the heart, for example, but the brain has a spectacularly good blood supply as well. They go in there. Now, through mechanisms we don't understand, they change the neurochemistry in a subtle way. And one has to be very cautious how you interpret this because it could be open to in multiple interpretations. It's certainly true in mice that it changes their behaviour. It makes mice much more daring, much less fearful. They're more likely to come out in the daytime rather than hiding away. And because they're more risk-taking, they're more likely to get caught by a cat. It's not clear that this is really true in humans, but there are some kind of associations. People say if you look at people who are more likely to be diagnosed with certain mental illnesses, they're more likely to have toxoplasma on board but that could be linked to a whole range of different behaviours. If you look at people who have car accidents, you're more likely to have a car accident if you're toxoplasma positive than if you're negative. So it might be that it's in some way changing people's behaviour. It might be doing that to a small extent, but on the other hand, it might just be with a big animal like a human that we're finding and cherry-picking the data that suits our purposes. Although, based on what we see in mice, it's plausible and you know reasonable to suggest there might be some alteration to human behaviour. All right, thank you, Yvonne and Comptonville, for that question. Uh, we've got another question here in the WhatsApp line that says, Afternoon, I have a question for the naked scientist. I was born with two dimples on my face, but my parents both don't have them, and I was told that you can only inherit them um, from your parents. How else does one have them without inheriting them? Hmm. Well, that's not strictly true, because every single person on Earth is an individual. Unless you have a clone, a natural clone in the form of a twin, or a naughty scientist has managed to clone you in some other way, then you are genetically unique. There's no other person like you on Earth. And about 80% of the genes in your body, and there are about 20,000 genes in your body, so that's about 16,000 genes have gone into making the structure of your face and your head. And because they're so complicated, you use a huge repertoire of genes to do that. And therefore, if you mix up your genes between your mum and your dad, and you also introduce some new changes into the genetic information and the configuration of the genetic information, which is exactly what happens when mum gets together with dad and you mix up your genetic material, it's totally unsurprising that you're going to have some things which do match your parents, but some things that make you distinct from your parents because you are genetically distinct from them. You share only 50% of your DNA with each of your parents. And so therefore you would expect there to be differences. All right, another question um, that we will take in a moment on 072-7021-702. And you can give us a call, 011-8830-702 when we come back. 702. The Naked Scientist. Nine minutes to three o'clock. This is your opportunity to chat to the Naked Science and ask him any of your science-related questions. So, uh, Dr. Chris Smith, uh, you can give him a call on 011-830-702 in the WhatsApp line 072-702-1702. This question says, this is Sean and Santon. Question for the doctor. Can an airplane in the sky be affected by lightning in the clouds if passing close to it? Well, aeroplanes are frequently struck by lightning, yes. But thankfully, 
and based on the evidence that they're frequently struck and very few bad things happen, they usually are absolutely fine. There will, of course, be a lot of turbulence in the plane um, because it's passing through turbulent air and therefore the plane will bounce about quite a bit. But electrically, the planes are usually okay because the skin of the aircraft forms what we call a Faraday cage. And it's exactly the same as when a car is hit by lightning. Because the car is a metal shell all around you and that's an excellent conductor, then there is no net electrical field or potential difference between any of the occupants of the car. It's the same with the aircraft. The Air aircraft skin is an excellent conductor and therefore the voltage changes all around the plane and there's no difference between any different part of the plane and therefore usually it's absolutely fine. That that said, there, there are occasionally a few mishaps that happen but you can never say never in any of these things. On the whole though, it's all very safe. Okay, and then I've, I've got a question um, for you. I don't know if you are aware of um, the Eureka moment for the UK, the first ecosystem engineer baby bison that was born after thousands of years. Mm. Yeah, we covered this story on The Naked Scientist a few months ago. With the, It's part of this kind of rewilding slash reintroduction, but in that case, it was an introduction for the first time. They hadn't actually uh, ever had bison in the UK before, but they brought them in as, as you say, ecosystem engineers, because one of the things that's happened in many countries is that as countries have been turned into nice places for humans to live and good places to grow crops and rear certain types of livestock, we've lost some very big species which would have done the jobs that elephants do in the African bush, for example. They go through as ecosystem engineers clearing out trees, um, disrupting the environment to a certain extent and stopping certain things gaining too much of a toehold. They, they work with nature and that's the idea of introducing these bison down south in the UK was that they will go through, they will help to bash apart some of the bigger trees, encourage younger trees to regenerate, they will also scrape up the ground a bit, turn things over and introduce greater diversity into the area. It's early days but they've now got three of them. They've got an older female and then they've introduced two younger ones who take their lead from her because it's a, a matriarchal society where you have a female who, who calls the shots and then the others follow her around and um, yeah, they're, they're doing okay as far as I know. Okay, then somebody's saying, following up on the lightning question that was asked what would you say is the safest place to be during a lightning storm, except the aeroplane not all of us can <laughs> afford them <laughs> Well, no, me, me, me neither at the moment. In fact, it was quite funny. I went to a conference and there was this guy who was supposed to be at this conference and he turned up about three days late because his uh, plane got cancelled going to one airport, rerouted from that airport to another airport and trying to land at the second airport, he was hit by lightning twice while he was circling wow. around the airport. So he said, I think, Declan, someone's trying to tell you that you shouldn't be at this conference, but he did make it in the end. Um, Safest place, as I mentioned, is inside a Faraday cage after the eponymous and famous physicist and electrician Michael Faraday, who, who made the connection between if you put a person inside a box which is a complete conductor on all sides, then there is no net potential difference between any of the bits inside the cage and therefore all the electricity flows around the outside and the potential is the same around the outside and there's nowhere for the electricity to go inside the box and therefore there is no flow of current and therefore it's completely harmless for the person who's inside. So the answer to this question is always inside a Faraday cage. Now that could be a car, it could be an aircraft, it could be a Faraday cage you've made yourself with chicken wire in your garden. Aha, uh -huh. okay, cool. Here's a WhatsApp voice note. Hi there, Naked Scientist. Uh, it's Petros here. I just wanted to ask, uh, my wife has got something like sinuses, but most doctors say uh, it's allergy. 
so when the trees are starting to have leaves like i don't know it's called spring or what uh it gets worse during that time i just want to understand uh, the relationship between the trees having leaves leaves coming out and and and, and uh, that kind of uh, uh, disease or any other diseases that are linked to that all right it certainly so does sound like there allergies. is a connection yeah yes and the uh, answer to this is that it sounds like she's describing symptoms of rhinitis which is a runny itchy sniffly nose now that can be caused because of an infection but equally it can be caused by allergy an allergy is an immune response against things that are innocuous but which your body has mistakenly regarded as noxious bad for you so anything that goes up your nose could be a cause of an allergy and common things in the air are therefore commonly allergens pollen is one of them and the giveaway in this story is that he's saying this gets worse at a certain time of year and usually when all the trees come out in leaf and in flower so it won't be the leaves so much as probably flowers somewhere either on those trees themselves or the, the fruiting bodies on the trees or something else which is flowering at the same time as spring is springing and all the leaves are coming out on the trees and releasing into the air lots of probably pollen and pollen has got loads of proteins in it which some people myself included get allergies to and when mm. that goes up your nose it triggers your immune system by binding to special cells in the lining of your airways which are there actually to keep nasties and bad guys out but they have unfortunately been misprogrammed to recognize pollen which is harmless to you as something that might be harmful and so they sound the alarm inappropriately and that alarm signal is an itchy runny nose blocked up nose swollen itchy eyes and sometimes a bit of wheezing and coughing Okay, I got that. Um, Dr. Chris, thank you so, so much for chatting to us. Some interesting questions that came through. I'll make sure that we save them all for next week. It's The Naked Scientist.